This is the Freestyle Way. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Freestyle Way podcast. Today is a another solo episode, and I thought I would maybe do more of these solo episodes going forward as I do enjoy them. And what I've noticed is that as I'm posting these solo episodes in between episodes where I have a guest, that a lot of you are actually listening. And some of you are even messaging me and commenting. So, hello, here we are, solo pod. Okay, let me start with a quick update and then I'll get into the theme. The theme the theme of this podcast, as you saw in the title, is create and attract, which is this idea of being able to pursue that which you are in pursuit of without having to chase and kill yourself. That's that's the premise of the theme. And I'm going to try to be as brief as possible, but make it so that it feels like you're getting something out of it. And this is something that you can listen to while you're driving or maybe out for a run or a walk or just chilling at home and that you can re-listen to and take notes on, but mostly be able to translate into what you're currently experiencing in this world. So that's the theme, create and attract, and we'll get into it. I just thought I'll give you a personal update because one of the things that I do crave is connection with you and to know who you are. And in order for me to know who you are, maybe it's important that you get to know who I am. And just to uh, give you some context, I'm, I'm referring to the simple things. I am a 41-year-old man who lives in the Bay Area in California. And um, I'm currently enjoying being a grandpa. I spend a lot of my time grandparenting. And the reason I spend a lot of time grandparenting is because my wife and I, my wife Tanya, and I, we co-parent our grandson with our daughter. And it's been one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I never thought I was going to be a father. In fact, I, I, I never planned on really having kids. That wasn't a thing. But as uh, some of you know, in 2014, uh, my wife and I became foster parents and then ended up adopting our then 16-year-old daughter, who now is 25 and is a mother of one, thus making us uh, grandparents at the ripe age of uh, 37 and 41. My wife, 37, me, 41. We currently live in a rental uh, home in the Bay Area, where it's uh, a cool little house, uh, but it's uh, not what I had expected to be in at this time in my life. I, I thought I would be you know, somewhere else doing other things. And uh, the reason I tell you this is because uh, we create our own reality. We create our present moment. And everything that I've done leading up to this point uh, has created this this reality. And why do I share this uh, this uh, notion that I'm renting a house in the Bay Area? Well, because I, I thought I was going to be living in the heart of the city, either San Francisco or New York 
or uh, Barcelona in Spain or in Singapore. I thought I was going to be in the heart of a city in an apartment that I thought I would own and I would be doing something um, slightly different than what I'm doing right now. But uh, the truth is I live in the suburbs now. I live in this house. It's actually a very funky house. Um, it's 112 years old. Uh, I mean, the the kitchen is slanted. So if you were to uh, put a, a pencil on the ground, it, it rolls. Uh, when we open the fridge, uh, if we just let go, the fridge closes on its own. So it's just this funky old house. But it has an amazing backyard and it has everything that we need. It's, it's the most... Um, convenient place ever and it's the place we call home and it's a place we get to experience nurturing uh our little grandson and allows us to do life in the way that we're doing it and we've created this reality and it's fantastic so i just wanted to share that um so now what am i excited about uh these days well i'm excited about the work that i'm doing and i'm doing really cool work with um a diverse group of people ranging from professional athletes, um, uh, artists who are athletes uh, in the breaking space. Some of you know that I currently manage and represent a few athletes that are committed to trying to qualify for Paris 2024. So that's been really fun. I have been continuing to run my personal uh, consulting and coaching practice for solopreneurs and solopreneurs being a business of one with the intention of becoming a business of many and solopreneurs also being individuals within an organization who hold a leadership position and are looking to um, level up not only themselves but their teams and the organizations that they work within and their initiatives so that's been amazing and I've been learning a ton. So it's been fun. And as I continue to venture forward, I'm, I'm thinking about this podcast and um, what to do with it. And uh, although I don't know exactly what that is, what I do know is that I love it. So I'm going to continue to come back to it. All right. So that's my long intro. So let's, let's get into the theme of today's podcast. It's this idea of creating and attracting. And as I said in the opening statements, the idea of creating attracting is this idea of uh, working where you are, in other words, acting local, and then affecting global. It's working where you are and attracting the opportunities that are going to allow you to grow versus being out in the world just chasing. This is the rat chase I'm referring to which is exhausting. And I've done both. I've done the rat chase and I've done the creating and attracting. And if I had to choose one, I choose the creating and attracting. In fact, what I'm doing at this very moment, what you're listening to, to in this very moment, this is me creating, speaking, and attracting whatever is to come next for me. And this could be a message from you saying, wow, I really resonates with what you're, what you're saying and what you're doing. Um, tell me more. Or uh, I experienced this. Have you experienced this before? Yes. Or uh, many times I've had listeners reach out to me and say, wow, I'm, I'm in a similar space. 
uh, I would love to share something that I'm working on and then doing some kind of collaboration. That's what I'm referring to. So uh, an example I've always set when it comes to creating and attracting is this idea that if you are, let's say, a photographer, uh, to not be um, in the chase of clout, but rather just taking great pictures, like doing the thing that you love to do, which is to capture moments through your camera. And a silly example is, let's say you have this vision or dream of having your picture featured on the cover of a magazine or on a big website or in a show on the cover art of a show, some, something like that. Like you want to be on the cover. You want to be the picture to rather than trying to contact these magazines and sharing your work, just producing the best work that you can until it gets into the right hands and that leads to people, magazines, production companies, whatever it may be, reaching out to you, asking you to be the photographer who takes the picture that gets featured on the magazine. Or to simply be the person that captures the picture that um, makes the waves that uh, later on gets um, asked to be on a cover and uh, for you to give them the rights to do so. That's what I'm referring to. And this is this idea of mastery being a magnet. So for mastery itself, there are three important things to uh, keep in mind is that mastery is not a destination, but rather a path. Mastery also requires immense amount of autonomy and self-direction. And finally, the third one is that mastery requires purpose. And purpose doesn't have to be this deep, meaningful thing. It just has to be something that is aligned, that is alive, that is connected to who you are. And it can be as simple as, I just like doing this. Let's say you're into woodworking. Just say, I, I just like woodworking. That can be your purpose. And whether you're aware of it or not, realizing that because you like it, in doing it, it is a moving you closer to a state of wholeness, of health, of well-being. And this being expressed mentally, you become sharper in your mind, you're able to hold focus, there's clear clarity, you have a destination for what you're doing because let's say you're into woodworking and you're making a chair or you're making a bench, you have a destination, you're going to complete the project. And bringing things to a close is extremely powerful. In fact, one of the biggest things that I see with people that I um, teach courses to, especially online, is that only two, between two and 10% of people actually complete the course. And out of the two and 10%, out of the two to 10% of the people who complete the course, I would say 2% of that 10% actually apply that which they learned in the course. 
And it's because people have an inability of bringing things to completion and then utilizing what they have completed in a way that um, adds to whatever they're trying to create. And this is the, the beauty of mastery is that when you're in mastery, when you're in the path of constant development, you start to attract opportunities. And I'll give you a very silly example. Um, I was uh, sandpapering these tree stumps that we had that we were using to, um, we, when I say we, uh, my, my wife mostly, was using to create a little flower bed. And there was one or two left over, and we just had them standing there. And to make them look a little nicer, I was just sanding the ends. Anyways, people were walking by on the street right outside of our house, and they saw me sanding. And you would, you would see them come up and they would slow down. All of a sudden, they're paying attention to what you're doing and then speed up. Some people were slowing down, looking at you and being like, well, that looks pretty good. That's very cool. And then walking away. Other people would inquire, why are you doing this? And then all of a sudden, you would engage in some kind of conversation. Well, this is an example of what it, what it is to attract through creativity. And in this case, it was just me sanding this um, tree stump because one, I wanted it to look nice. And two, I wanted to see what it would feel like to do it. I just wanted to do it for the sake of doing it. The other thing about creating and attracting is that when you are on the path of mastery, because you're autonomous and self-directed, there's a huge sense of freedom that comes with that. And I just want you to, for a second, to think about what it's like to feel free, where there's nothing holding you back, there's no inhibitions, like you can fully express yourself. I just want you to think about how that feels for a second. And to notice that that feeling is the feeling that when we don't have it, when we're dysregulated, when we're off course, we crave having. It's kind of like when you're sick and you can't remember what it was like to be healthy and you wonder, am I ever going to be healthy again? Even if you just have a little cold, it's that craving of balance, it's that craving of wholeness, it's that craving of health that we can actually tap into through mastery. We can actually tra tap into through our creative process and outlet. And that freedom that comes from self-direction and autonomy, what it does is it produces a byproduct that is of quality, that is of true value for oneself. What's exciting about this is that when you produce something that is of true value for yourself, you start to notice that you attract people that find it valuable. This is a strange um, analogy maybe, but it's kind of like in the world of art. It's not until somebody beside the artist this decides that your art is valuable, that it becomes valuable. But that only happens when the artist produces the art and does it from a place of autonomy, mastery. 
purpose, meeting their own basic needs. And this is very powerful. And it doesn't only have to apply to art. It applies to everything. You can be a software engineer if you are really uh, talented at creating simple, clean programs, your code is something that is attractive. When people look behind the scenes, they're like, whoa, this is a very clean, effective, efficient code. It's a resilient one. How did you do it? Well, I don't know. I was just iterating on my own process. Why? Well, because I love it. I'm wired for it. And that's, to me, very interesting. The other thing that's interesting about this idea of creating and attracting is that the moment you get one person to engage with that which you're creating, you start to receive feedback. And this feedback not only informs, to some degree, your ability to create, what it really does, it informs where that which you're creating belongs. Starting to be deliberate about how you help that which you're creating belong is what makes what you're doing truly valuable and transcend your craft itself. So, for example, for me, I grew up doing gymnastics. I retire from gymnastics and I go into action sports. When I realized that that which I was learning in gymnastics was transferable into action sports, specifically snowboarding and wakeboarding, to me that was exciting because I realized that my gymnastics practice transcended gymnastics itself and was valuable elsewhere. That is extremely powerful. Furthermore, what's exciting is that when you come into a new space, so for me it was snowboarding and wakeboarding, with a completely different understanding of what the foundation of that craft is, that you're entering is, you perform in ways that are different, unique. So that produces what we could call a signature style. And that unique signature style that you have is yours and only yours. And it's powerful because it produces an identity, a relationship with yourself that allows you to have this anchor that feels like home, that feels like it's true to you. And this is simply something that I think is part of human nature. It's to feel connected to yourself and to know that what you have is of value and important to you. And it's exactly uh, what you need to know and be in relationship to, to be able to proceed forward in any kind of way in this world. But how does this relate to the feedback thing? Well, the feedback thing ties back in because when you know how to express yourself in a specific context, what you realize is that now you can cater that what you're creating to a specific audience and accelerate the impact that you can make, the impact and value that 
that what you do has to offer. Example, when I got out of action sports and then went back to gymnastics, but now as a coach, I thought coaching gymnastics was going to be a path for me. But I realized that my influence from action sports now was telling me to focus on applied gymnastics to action sports. So I started to apply gymnastics to action sports because of my influence through wakeboarding and snowboarding. And what I found was that that audience, although interested in what I had to offer, was not ripe, was not ready to produce big outcomes. So I felt a little stagnant. But what happened was because I continued to create within the limited space at the time, which was action sports with applied gymnastics, all of a sudden I cracked into a new space and this space being fitness. And once I cracked into general fitness, I cracked into CrossFit because of my gymnastics foundation within my physical expression. And when I cracked into CrossFit, all of a sudden, there was an influx of attention that came with it because that which I was creating was not only very valuable to that community, but highly specific to my style. Nobody was doing it like I was doing it. And not because I was trying to be different, but rather because I was different. And I was simply different because I recognized that my interest and my path throughout the years that led me to that point was exactly what I need to keep doing. And I didn't have to change my appearance, change my ways, change the way that I spoke or shared my craft. I simply had to continue to do that. And that being enough for that specific audience, in this case being CrossFit, uh, ready and willing to um, participate with it, and furthermore, take uh, advantage of it and it making a powerful impact. And this is very cool when it comes to uh, creating and attracting is that you're not trying to produce an impact. You just do by doing what you do. And that is what you could call the effortless effort. Another thing that happens and you can probably just hear from my voice is that when you start to create from a place that is unique to yourself, you start to attract people and that produces a network and that network of people produces opportunity for collaboration. And this is when you can tap into uh, new audiences within the space that you are sharing that what you're creating. And these collaborations, these opportunities for partnership are something that will exponentially increase your performance and your reach. And it's not something that should happen forcefully. It should happen 
organically. So if you're listening right now and you've noticed that a few people have been maybe reaching out to you or asking you to just get together, my suggestion is that you lean into it a little bit and to see if there can be some synergy between the two of you to produce something. And to allow yourself to produce something together, to co-create something together, and see what happens. And it can be a one-off. For example, for me, when I got the opportunity to write my book, they asked me to get a co-author. And uh, who became my co-author was my client at the time, Tony Sherbondi, who was uh, a graduate PhD student from Stanford University in neuroscience, who I had already talked about collaborating on producing some articles on human movement and from the uh, perspective of neuroscience. But uh, it happened to be that I got this book opportunity, and all of a sudden, the first person that came to mind was this client that I had who I was already planning on collaborating with. And what ended up happening was that we uh, co-wrote this book, Freestyle. And what was interesting in this collaboration is that we both came into it from our unique creative foundations. And my creative foundation was completely different than my co-author Tony's foundation. He came from a science background, although I had studied environmental science and I had uh, an idea of how science worked. Um, I was somebody who was in the artistic development of human movement. So when writing a book, I was, of course, coming from that place. But he was coming from a place of um, evidence-based work and specifically as a PhD student and somebody who had completed his thesis uh, in structuring our work in written form in a way that can be consumed and um, used as a reference for other people's work. So what ended up happening was that our collaboration led to me becoming Tony Sherbondi's student, Tony Sherbondi becoming my supervisor, and Freestyle the Book becoming my thesis, and uh, that also uh, had a double uh, purpose, which was to serve as a manual for the people that I was coaching and the seminars that I was teaching. And with this collaboration, um, reaching heights that I could have never reached alone. One of those heights was becoming a New York Times bestselling author. That's something that I could have never imagined. In fact, right now, if you Google my name, sometimes my name is associated to being a writer. And in my head, I am not a great writer. I'm, I feel like I'm uh, below average. Yet... I'm recognized as somebody who has written something of value. This could have only happened if, uh, because I, I came from a place of being anchored to that which I stand for internally and creating from that place. I could have um, artificially designed it and created it, but it wouldn't have had the substance. And substance 
essence is something that can only be felt. And this is another powerful thing about creating is that when you create for the sake of creating and not for the sake of producing an outcome, you bring to life and to the forefront an essence, a feeling, a vibe. And that vibe is not something that you can predict. You can only experience and be in awe of when you create it. This is something that I, I've experienced in gymnastics. Gymnastics, how, like how did gymnastics start? Well, there's uh, many origin stories, but the essence of gymnastics is what I fell in love with. And the mechanics of gymnastics, which was learning these skills, allowed me to tap into that essence. And if you think about any craft, any sport, it all carries that essence. And the thing that gives us access to that essence are the technical expressions within them. And this right here, this essence, what it does is evokes, it evokes uh, emotions. And emotions are associated with stories. So what happens with a creative process or being in um, a state of creativity? Well, you're producing stories. You're experiencing a story. You're, you're, you're expressing yourself through the world. And uh, as it evolves, you can look back and um, talk about what happened. You can share what happened um, and how you got there. And you can even um, adapt it to the the character arc of uh, the hero's journey or something of this nature. But furthermore, what you do is because this essence is not yours, but rather part of the art or that which you're creating itself, that essence is not something that you can own. You can only share. And because the essence of what you're producing, and I know this may sound abstract to some people, but just think about this. Like, Let's say you're into CrossFit and you got into CrossFit and you started doing some thrusters and pull-ups, but you got to experience the essence of CrossFit, which is maybe based in this connection with a community, a competitive nature, getting healthier, challenging yourself, whatever it may be, you get to experience this essence. That essence of CrossFit is not something that belongs to Greg Glassman, the founder and creator of CrossFit, but rather it belongs to those who participate in CrossFit. And that shared essence is what creates the connection. It's the bond. It's the glue. When you become aware of this, what ends up happening is that you stop trying to control that which you're creating. When you stop trying to control that which you're creating, in my opinion, you produce the best work. And it's the best work because it's bigger than yourself. This is why a lot of artists say that their artistic pursuits and their artistic expression is them uh, having a spiritual experience or connecting to something uh, that is uh, maybe their higher self. Uh, they call it God. They connect to the universe, a higher consciousness. Uh, the, they tap into the meaning of life. It's because they are allowing themselves to belong to the essence of that which they have created. And when you belong to something, what ends up happening is that now you have a greater ability 
to let go, to detach. And if you um, are a student of Buddhism, you know that attachment is that which leads to suffering. And we are attached to the things that we want, and we're attached to the things that we don't want. And, and this idea of detaching, surrendering, allows you to ride this never-ending flow. And that's the power of creating. And the more you can return to a place of being creative, the more you attract not only that which you need, but also that which you want, and furthermore, that which you didn't know you wanted. And that which you didn't know you wanted is the thing, <laughs> this is me just having a hard time with words at this moment, but it's the thing that puts you in a state of awe, of admiration, of looking forward, looking towards, looking up to, where now, in that state of awe, being so detached from everything that you thought you needed to do or be, that you can't help but feel like everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. And that being the most powerful state of being if you ask me. Furthermore, creativity can lead to practical things like um, engaging in relevant platforms, um, strategic sharing with uh, strategic partners, uh, having a long-term perspective because you are in this infinite process of development. It leads to innovation and adaptation. It leads to culture development that transcends uh, the work that you're doing and so on. And it can be extremely lucrative as well. But the point of this podcast today, this solo episode of Creating and Attracting is to simply remind you of the power that you have to express yourself in unique ways and to realize that that expression can benefit you in more ways than um, making you feel good, but it can also benefit others. And what I've learned is that when I allow myself to be my creative self, the, the person that is just expressing themselves without any inhibitions, everybody around me lets their guard down and feels like they can do the same. And that tends to lead to more meaningful connections and to producing better outcomes. So, yeah, create and attract. Create and attract. That's my recommendation for today. Okay, if you listened this far, thank you for listening. If uh, you enjoy this, rate, review, it helps a ton. And if you want to stay connected to me, of course, you can follow me on social media and all those things. 
But I would also encourage you to uh, look at the show notes or go into the description and see the link that leads to uh, joining my Freestyle Connection list, which is just a mailing list where once in a while I connect with you and I share what I'm up to and uh, relevant projects that I'm working on. So uh, yeah, join me there. And if you have any questions, um, let me know. And if you found this useful, uh, share it on any social media platform that you frequent. And if you found a soundbite that you really related to, um, write it down and turn it into yours. All right. For now, much love, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. This is the Freestyle Way. <laughs>